like James Conner's a fine running back, I suppose, but like Ooh, they, wow. they don't have. Praise yeah, well, like I, I mean, like you know, it's bang average anyway. Like he got fed a lot, which is why his numbers are high. But like this is not a good line to be running behind from the look of things. Just couldn't sust- you were like have to no. say nice thing about James Conner, but have to immediately qualify it to say that I actually don't like him at all. Hello, welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. It's our last preview. We're on to the NFC West, and then we're on to the season. Hey, we've got Connor here. We've got Ronan. Hello. And we've got Sean. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? Any crack? Uh, well, the RPG game was the most epic finish I've ever experienced. Yeah. Uh, and now I don't know what to do about my life. My life is now empty and... Uh, devoid of all meaning. <laughs> yes, no, it, re- it really was something. Fun. <laughs> I oh. couldn't imagine when that spaceship landed out of nowhere and destroyed all the, the yeah, yeah. medieval feudal villages. Yeah, I, I love it when all our characters woke up and they were like, oh man, did you have a weird dream as well? <laughs> it was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing so adventurous uh, for me, uh, unfortunately, but uh, making good progress overall. So we're getting there. Just uh, tough days ahead and get through August and Excellent, excellent. Well, I suppose we can just swing straight on into it. We're on to our NFC West previews. Um, we are at the end of all of our previews now at this point, so this will be good. Obviously, following this one, we'll have a little bit of a break. Uh, this is kind of... Um, while, while the NFC South last week was probably a bit depressing, this one is a bit kind of a game of two halves kind of job, I think, uh, as we get through it. But... Um, We'll fly straight in. We'll start with you, Ronan, on the Cardinals. They've added head coach Jonathan Gannon, offense coordinator Drew Petzing, uh, defense coordinator Nick Reyes, uh, Clayton Tune, and Jeff Driscoll, a quarterback. Then in the offense, they've added Paris Johnston, A.A.T. Fordahole, uh, John Gaines, Dennis Daly, uh, Eli Wilkinson, Zach Pascal, and Michael Wilson. On the defense side, Kazir White, Josh Woods, Owen Papo. Uh, Kevin Strong, BJ Ojuari, uh, Carlos Watkins, LJ Collier, uh, Garrett Williams, and Chris Boyd. They lost Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, Kyler Murray is out with the injury, and his question marks about whether he'll play at all this year, uh, given the length of time that injury normally takes from recovery. They lost DeAndre Hopkins in uh, free agency. Well, they kind of they, they caught him, I suppose. AJ Green, Chosen Anderson, Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, Cody Ford, Max Garcia, Billy Price, and Max Williams from the offense. On the defensive side, JJ Watt retired, Zach Allen, Marcus Golden, uh, Tristan Hill, Michael Dogba, uh, Byron Murphy, Camu Gruger, Hill, Ben Neiman, and Nick Vigil are all gone. So there's a lot, <laughs> Ronan, there's, enough, there's a lot of turnover on this roster. Um, and of course, it's somewhat headlined by the fact that they're starting franchise quarterback that they paid $240 million to or whatever uh, is not going to be on hand at the moment. Um, this is going to be an uphill struggle, but I suppose it's only an uphill struggle if we think they're trying to reach the top of the hill. Uh, could this just be a tank job? Definitely. There's definitely a smell of uh, a tank job. Like if I was to describe uh, this offseason, it would be that uh, scene from Dumb and Dumber where the guy is having diarrhea and it's just 
absolutely going at it like that. Well, is, I think we know what the picture ex- for this one's going to be on the <laughs> podcast feed. <laughs> they are expelling the past. Uh, obviously, the Cliff Kingsbury era, which obviously I wasn't a huge fan of overall, um, just ended in ignominy. And obviously, with Kyler Murray now suffering a major injury, and by the time he is healthy, if he is healthy at all this season, it's unlikely they'll be in a situation where it would make sense to put him back out there, particularly because they're likely to have a nice high draft pick, and they also got some additional draft picks from the Texans as part of the Will Anderson trade, and it all kind of feels like it's it's moving towards, you know, drafting the next number one overall pick, uh, and there are some pretty interesting names uh, like Caleb Williams being thrown around uh, who could potentially be out there next offseason in the draft so yeah like this just feels like you know like we've talked about some pretty dodgy quarterback situations over these previews like but this takes the biscuit because the starting quarterback right now is probably in week one going to be Colt McCoy Clayton Tune, David Blau Jeff Driscoll are we going to see all these fucking guys this season like just like rotating swirling around the toilet like how bad could this get so it's going to be quite like last year's Panthers then with the Darnold but this is even worse this is actually worse worse. this is actually none of these at least the Panthers had players who thought they were uh, starting caliber quarterbacks none of these guys even themselves probably think they're starting caliber quarterbacks like that's like that's like get, go like going like that's like not like starting Baker Mayfield. That's like going ten years in the future and pulling Baker Mayfield back into the past and having him start. Okay, maybe ten years now he's Tom Brady, but most likely he was probably out of the league. Um, and like thirty-six-year-old Colt McCoy is probably the favorite to start right now. Like, oh my God, like that is horrific. That's horrifying. Like, how can you look into the modern NFL and have that situation? Uh, occur and like look like you know maybe the offense has pieces around there you know James Connor I know you're not a huge fan Connor but he's been solid for them you know yeah. they traded for Marquise Brown he runs fast I suppose so he's never really loved his reputation but once you get past that it's like oh maybe Rondell Moore will explode or maybe Michael Wilson the rookie or you know Greg Dortch he looked good in the slot it's mostly slot guys which is even like weirder and, and wronger if that's even a word and There's like the offensive so line slots like yeah, the offensive line isn't the worst, and they obviously drafted Paris Johnson, and and obviously they they you know signed uh, Froholt as kind of a free agent at the center position. But like, if you're starting Colt McCoy, like it doesn't really matter. Like you're going to win at most like four or five games, and it doesn't help that like yes, the offense is bad with the quarterback thing. That's like horrific, and yet somehow the defense looks even worse to me because you're going to be basically starting like, the misfit toys of the NFL. And, like, you know, right now, like, the defense at least has guys like Buda Baker in there. But Buda Baker wants to get out of this team. Uh, he's actively asking for a trade. So if they lose Buda Baker, you know, this defense takes an even another step down. And, like, Jonathan Gannon, obviously, you know, uh, as he was referred to previously, mixed emotions about him as the uh, Philly defensive coordinator. But he's going from, like, one of the most talented defenses in the league to one of the worst defenses in the league. Like, LJ Collier... Um, or Miyagi Sanders are looking like the likely to be a starting like pass rusher for them. Two guys who are like one guy who you've never heard of, and one guy a noticeable bust. And then the other pass rusher is probably going to be a rookie, Olajari. That's a pretty significant like baptism of fire. And like your best defensive lineman is probably going to be like Richard Lawrence. Like, and then you have all of these guys that were drafted under the previous regime 
uh, and what a what a GM regime it was, like the Zayvon Collins and the Isaiah Simmons, and you kind of go, they had no idea what to do with these guys, and you're kind of going, okay, maybe Gannon can get something out of them, but you know, guys who move positions like from linebacker to safety uh, to to defensive lineman, you know, more often than not, that maybe they're just not good enough at football to be a factor. And then like you know, Marco Wilson is your CB one, Rashad Fenton, Garrett Williams is like your CB two, maybe like Decrell Clark, like another rookie is in there. Like it's just nothing. Like there's nothing there. Like there, there's one defense in this league that's somehow a little bit worse in terms of like talent. But at least on that side, you have like well, they have a guy who who you can trust who could probably do something with them in terms of the organization. But here it's like literally coming into an organization which was a hot mess throughout the entire era under the current like the previous head coach and the previous gm noticeable even in their successful years for spectacular collapses towards the end of the season and you're just kind of putting it all together and you're going what is there here to be excited for this year there are like sparks of talent here like no doubt there are young players here but there are huge holes and there's just lots of meh effectively and the guys who they do have who are good who are veterans it's like i wouldn't be surprised if they're getting getting traded away uh you know within this season or certainly in next off season so for me the cardinals right now are just the biggest mess in the nfl this is like peak worst texans type situation for the cardinals and so for me i i literally struggle to see any hope for them i'm usually like uh well if you look this way or this way maybe it works out but for this team i literally see zero hope so you've no belief in 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 the blowhards. <laughs> yeah, like I I have I've assigned them four wins, and that is pure uh, spoiler alert. But like that's purely based on 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 the kind of statistical principle of moving towards the mean, basically. But like, uh, if you ask me my actual prediction, it would probably be closer to yours, uh, Connor. Yeah, like, the shrinkage estimator. Uh, I've gone with it, but like I, I don't agree with it. Yeah, no, like there's, there's there's nothing to redeem this team at all. I don't think like. Like I said, abject horror at the quarterback position. Like, like James Conner's a fine running back, I suppose, but like Ooh, they, wow. they don't have. Praise, yeah, well, like I, I mean, like you know, it's bang average anyway. Like he got fed a lot, which is why his numbers are high. But like this is not a good line to be running behind from the looks Just of things. Just You were like, have to say nice thing about James Conner, but have to immediately qualify it to say that I actually don't like him at all. I, your hatred of James Conner is. I don't, I, I don't hate James Conner. I just don't know why people were putting him in this upper echelon of running backs when he was, he wasn't that guy. Um, you've got, you've got old ass Zach Ertz. You've got like Rondale Moore as your wide receiver too, like, and then yeah, like you said, you you start looking at that defense and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Like, this, this coaching staff could do the greatest job in the world, and I couldn't see them get past four or five wins. And this is a coaching staff that I don't have a ton of faith in, full stop. Um, this would be... Now, this is the thing. This, this would be the closest I think we could look at and so, say maybe maybe a team is actively trying to tank. Um, but there's also, like, there is the problem that they're just coming from, as you mentioned, a very confusing front office regime for the last couple of years that haven't stocked the shelves well. And, you know, they, they, they overpaid for big name aged talent which is now aged out like if you think jj watts aj green like even like rodney hudson people like that that are like they're quite old in the tooth and like they were never going to be sustainable long term my 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 big question isn't just with this year because i think this year is going to be horrendous as i said i've i've been winning less games than ronan does my question is down the road 
like how how much can they restock this team for even when wow. Kyler Murray's back in a year's time or whatever? Well, that, like that that like obviously we're jumping a year ahead into the future. Hello, it's going to be great. Hopefully, the mm. world isn't completely on fire yet. Uh, but obviously. If they have the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams, who's been hyped to all heaven right now as a quarterback prospect is, you do have the Kyler Murray trade Age. assets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's this, where this things get interesting. They'll probably trade him if they, if they end up number one pick. And Kyler Murray's probably still worth at least one first round pick, I'd say, if Deshaun yeah. Watson was worth all that money. I don't picks know, because this is the thing that like, people uh, might look know. at Deshaun Watson and, like, so it's depending on what Deshaun Watson's year goes like this year, but like people might look at him and go, well, this guy is. If, if we wanted to look at comparisons here, he's a fellow who's who got you know over two hundred million on his contract, hasn't played for a year plus, and are we going to sell the farm to to, to to pick him up? Like I I I don't think I wouldn't want any part of it. I like I think I, I'm, Kyler not, I'm, I'm not a least... pure Kyler Murray doubter, but I sure yeah. as shit wouldn't want to be but giving him two hundred forty million and like he's... sending multiple draft picks. Well, he, they've already given the big contract, so that the financial terms will probably be you know the Cardinals will probably eat a lot of that money. Anyway, this is all in the future. But basically, he's worth least one first round pick at least and probably multiple first round picks um, and other assets uh, and there's always going to be a one or two coaches and teams desperate enough to go that guy is exciting he'll re-energize our franchise so yeah but that's like that's all for the future before that you have to get through the toilet year yeah and, and this is uh, going to be a to real happen. toilet year um yeah do you have anything you want to add to this sean no there's nothing you said about this organization this is if this isn't a tank job, this is the closest replica. This, if they're actually trying to put out a good team, I, I, that quarterback room is just, oh my God. Like, it's like if you were going to accuse a team, if you like, it was like courtroom evidence, I accused this team of tanking, you'd bring out the, the uh, picture of the, of the quarterback room and the, the jury would be like, no, yeah, guilty. No it is because yeah. maybe maybe they're just going like, look, we can't get anyone of quality, so we'll just go quantity because there is technically five guys in that quarter room. Although uh, <laughs> Kyler Marius was probably going to be off playing Call of Duty instead of focusing on game tape, but yeah, it's just a it's just a mess. Like poor Cardinals. It's rare to see something this bad. It, 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 yeah. It's almost an achievement. I, I, you know, like when the, when teams manage to do this because the NFL is so based on parity. Uh, but yeah, like look, like like they have the Kyler Murray to trade away. They'll have these guys like maybe Zayvon Collins or say a Simmons, who someone's like, oh, I could definitely get what people thought when in the draft process. So you know they have assets that they can sell off uh, in the near future. But yeah, uh, yeah, that that time is probably next off season. So uh, for now, thanks for coming, Cardinals. We might mention you once during the actual season, but uh, we probably won't want to talk about you again until the. No, Next off season. no, I, I, I will, I, I will during this preview be talking about another team that I think are a little bit bare in the closet. But first, we'll move on to uh, Sean and well, the f- what? you want to give the the results. Oh, I suppose yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think anyone who's a Cardinals fan has already fast forwarded past here. Just fart <laughs> noises, and I have them at one win. I have them at four wins, but that's a shrinkage estimator uh, thing mostly. Yeah. I've given them four wins too, and in retrospect, that is way too generous. <laughs> Be lucky to win two games, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the 49ers to kind of up, <laughs> up, up the energy levels and up the expectations a little bit more. So I'll come to you, Sean, on these guys. They've added defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, Javon Hargrave, Cleland Farrell, uh, Austin Bryant and Marlon Davidson, Isaiah Oliver, Jair Brown, Darrell Luster, uh, Miles Hartfield, Robert Beal, D. Winters and Jalen Graham to the defense. On the offensive side... 
Sam Darnold, John Feliciano, uh, Matt Pryor, Cam Latu, uh, Braden Willis, Chris Connolly and Ronnie Bell on the offensive side. They've lost Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. Uh, they've also lost Josh Johnson, Mike McGlinchey, Daniel Brunskill, Tyler Croft from the offensive side of the ball. They obviously lost D'Amico Ryans as their defensive coordinator, who's now head coach elsewhere. Uh, off the defense, they've lost Samuel Ebukan, uh, Charles Onomenu, Jordan Willis, Maurice Hurst, Hassan Ridgeway, Aziz Al-Shahir, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, Jimmy Ward, Jason Verrett, and Tredavious Moore. This is a team that was looking particularly strong. Got a surprise out of the Mr. Irrelevant uh, to help them when they were down two quarterbacks already. And were able to make it quite far into it all the way into the championship game. But then they just ran out of quarterbacks and weren't able to get over the hump. Uh, they added some exciting players by trade last year. CMC seems to have fit into the system really nicely and sits alongside a lot of their other weapons. Like Kittle, like Debo. Um, this is an exciting team, Sean. Do we think that the sky's the limit for them? Or do we think their window uh, was last year? Oh no, I, I am really, really up on this team. I think that they their moment has arrived. This is a team that Shannon has Shannon is a is a really good head coach. I think he's he's proven himself to have turned teams that had not maybe the most spectacular certainly in terms of quarterbacks or other offensive pieces, not the most spectacular talented teams. He's he's brought these three NFC championship games in four years. Um, and the one that they missed out on was the, was the disastrous COVID year when they had the worst injury crisis I think any team has ever uh, encountered. And had it not been for the fact that they literally did not have a quarterback, um, there's every chance in the NFC Championship game last year, there's every chance they could have pushed the Eagles the whole way. When CMC was brought on board in the, in the Niners in the middle of last year, I was like, that is the missing piece. That is the thing that this team... This, the last piece this team needs to be really, really good. And since then, so he was signed on October 22nd. Since then, the very next day, they, they lost to the Chiefs. Um, obviously, you know, still trying to incorporate CMC. Since that moment, they won 10 straight regular season games. Then they blew through their first two playoff games. Uh, and had it not been for the fact that they had, you know, a disastrous uh, quarterback injury meltdown, they would have had a very good chance, I think, of, of perhaps at least pulling the Eagles right to the edge and, and getting themselves into Super Bowl. And, that's, and they haven't really changed the team. So that, that's the team that they're bringing into next year. And not an awful lot of that has changed. They've lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no, what a tragedy. Um, and they brought in Sam Darnold instead. There is, as you say, this question mark over the quarterback. I mean, the, the big question, I think, is, is, is going to be Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Which of those two are the ones that are going to be pushed forward and whether – whether Brock Purdy was just a fluke or and whether he's capable of pulling it out again, whether we'll ever see the, the, the Trey Lance that everyone is so excited about. But I think they'll get it right. I tr the thing about this 49ers team is any question marks I feel I have about them, I'm like, Shanahan will fix it. Shanahan will know what the answer to the problem is, and he will get good uh, yardage out of them. But the thing is, even if they don't have a great quarterback, they have incredibly solid running back system, which is like a plug-and-play. You put anyone in there, they'll get loads of yards. 
You put CMC in there, and he's going to he's going to break the game. You've got people. You, you've got Debo Samuel. You can work with. You've got George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. They have just an incredible amount of talent in the skill positions on the offensive side. That it almost doesn't matter who your quarterback is, provided you get a like a minimum level of competence. Uh, and I think, and certainly of those three that they have, they will be able to pick the guy who has the the the, the level of competence that they need. So you've got an offense that is going to that is going to do very well and I think they're going to score lots of points and then you've got a defense which is just incredibly loaded with talent um, that maybe there's some question marks over over the new DC Steve Wilkes he's you know maybe he hasn't necessarily proven himself um, um, although from what I hear it's more about he's just going to be tweaking the system that comes in obviously the loss of D'Amico Ryans is going to hurt them a little bit but they have Nick Bosa Fred Warner they've got they brought in Javen Hargrave who's an incredible talent from the Eagles last year they've got they've got Huafanga in the secondary Traveris Ward is capable of having good games as well I mean I just think this team is really really loaded in talent and I think they've got incredible coaching and it's very hard and I I know the Eagles are really good, and I know the AFC is is a you know a conference of monsters, and who would ever bet against Pat Mahomes, you know, winning it all once again? But I really think these nine this this year is a Niners year. Last year was de they definitely could have had things fallen into place, and they didn't have the injury crisis they had. They definitely could have won the Super Bowl last year, but this year there's no reason to think that they won't do it. And I certainly think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. In, against the Eagles, most likely revenge scenario situation. If they can stay healthy, they can certainly make the Super Bowl, and I think they can win the whole thing. Now, there obviously are some questions about Shanahan and his perhaps his ability in the top end of situations, especially time management and stuff. Does he does he have the the skills, the chops to to win the really big games? I think we're going to find out this year. I I am very high on the 49ers, and I think they're going to be a very hard team to stop. Um, and it's very and any weakness, as I said, any weaknesses that they have, I feel I have faith that Shanahan will find a solution that maximizes their equity in every single situation. Yeah, like there's just there's just talent upon talent upon talent on this roster. Like you said, CMC looks phenomenal in this thing. Kittle is a top end tight end. They've got Devo Samuel is is great. Brandon Ayuk is excellent as well. Like the quarterback thing, they got great play out of Purdy. They do have Trey Lance, it's still a bit of a question mark. Apparently, I think they were shopping him a bit during the off season to see if they could get him shifted. But I imagine they're just going to like stock up with about six quarterbacks so they can break in case of emergency. Um, a good line, but like the defense is just it's just stacked. Like because I'm, I'm similar to yourself. Concern might be lack of continuity at defensive coordinator, but like with that level of talent, it's going to be hard to not there. You've got Bosa, Hargrave, Fred Warner. You've got a great cornerback and safety room. Like it's just it's it's an incredibly well set up team, particularly in this day and age, to be able to keep this many this many kind of blue chip players uh, on a roster at the same time is just it's just remarkable. Like because you even see like other teams with that have had success recently most of the time it's they've got one or two key pieces and then the rest is up i suppose it's the it's the having the young quarterbacks is probably helping with with that a little bit but like it's just just top to bottom and like you said kyle shanahan has proven himself to be an excellent coach they're there thereabouts for the last couple of years um they have had some unfortunate uh, you know injuries and, and issues like that um yeah, like it, 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 it's hard to look at a scenario that doesn't involve them being right there in the running till the bitter end. Um, I have some concerns over 
occasionally the, the, the big game's getting too much for them. And I think that is something that's going to go into where I think they're going to finish the season. But um, yeah, like this is an incredibly stacked roster with a very fun play caller and a lot of really exciting weapons. So I just imagine they're going to be incredibly enjoyable to watch as well, which is <laughs> quite quite an important thing for me. Yeah, and it's probably the most uh, QB-proof uh, scheme in the league under Kyle Shanahan. Maybe not like the Cardinals QB room, but any kind of average QB. <laughs> but that's not really a QB room. That's just a room yeah. of dudes. Like, Yeah, so Brack Party, obviously, like, both noises are positive coming out of that uh, elbow injury. I think that's who they definitely want to start, a quarterback over Trey Lance, just because he does the things that Shanahan wants. He listens to what Shanahan wants, and he, has a bit, he was a bit more explosive uh, than Jimmy Garoppolo, and certainly less of a liability once he got outside the pocket. Obviously, Trey Lance has all of this physical upside, and obviously came out of college very highly hyped and, and was drafted very highly, but very, very little experience. I think he's just been very unlucky, and because he's so inexperienced at the college level even, he's got like he's barely got like 20 games in total in his entire career. Um, that's a situation where he could just fall off just because he's been unlucky. And maybe Sam Darnold is like, you know, if Sam Darnold are coming in, I could still see him doing well here. Like, I think, you know, relying on another season of CMC being healthy for the entire season is always a little bit of a risk. Uh, obviously not the uh, norm, uh, but obviously if he is healthy for the entire season, then... He is the offense. He can carry an entire offense by himself. I'm sure they would ideally not want to do that, and I'm sure they'll get Elijah Mitchell and the other guys in there um, in late-game situations if they're up a lot. Um, and then, yeah, with Kittle, uh, Samuel, and Ayuk, you got three guys who, on any given day, can be the kind of receiver one on this team. And Ayuk seems like a guy who could definitely break out even more this season. I think he's a guy who's got better each year. And with Trent Williams at left tackle, you're always going to be safe there. Maybe there's a question over uh, the replacement right tackle, McKivitz. And then, yeah, the defense, like Boza, Hargrave, Warner, Hufanga, and then the rest of the guys, you know, no slouches like Eric Armstead and Drake Greenlaw. And, like, maybe your worst position is, like, um, you know, Nickelback. You'll probably be okay. Like, Nickelback aren't that big a deal uh, anymore, thankfully. Uh, well, they actually are, but... The, uh, the, Look at this the, like, photograph. So, like, yeah, I think the biggest issue with this team, of course, is that... You know, they've kind of been on the precipice of doing it all. Obviously, they've lost the Super Bowl. They've gone out in the playoffs multiple times. So the expectations are at an all-time tie. And the expectation is that they should win a Super Bowl within this window that they currently have had for the last, like, five years or so. Uh, but obviously, they've had bad luck with injuries over the years with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so obviously, that is obviously a major uh, thing that could go wrong. But if they stay mostly healthy you don't even have to say fully healthy but i think if cmc is healthy then everything else they could probably get away with to some extent or another and uh, they just need one healthy quarterback that could last an entire season and i think they will definitely be in the running uh, and i think alongside the eagles there's no real no one really in the same class as them um so right now they definitely have to be up there with the the favorites in the nfc and you know if you're in, in a weak conference all you have to do is get to the super bowl and then uh, just one more win and you get everything uh obviously, and that's the kind of expectations they should have and expectations that they do have, and I think that we all do have at some level or another. Yeah, so I've got them going 13-4, and four, getting the two seed, uh, but I have them going out in the divisional round to the upstart Detroit Lions. Yeah, 12-5 and five for me, two seed, NSC championship game, loss to the Eagles. And I, this, I mean, this is how much I mentioned them. 15-2, and two, one seed, they're going to win it all. Uh, 
it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to, and as you said, Connor, it's gonna be fun to watch. Even if they don't go all the way, it's gonna be a very fun team to watch. Yeah, and like, I think that's often an overlooked element of like, you can have a very good yet incredibly boring team to watch. Right? The Forty ers are exciting. There's big play potential at all times, which I think is uh, is just, great. To I watch. mean, just think about CMC. They brought him in mid-season last year. He still was averaging like 110 all-purpose yards a game, and now they have an entire preseason to work out all the fancy plays and tricks that they want. Like, this team is going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like they're a divisional rival, so obviously I'm not like, supporting them. But I do think, after all these years of Kyle Shanahan, who has shown that he is a very good coach and is very much up there with his father, uh, I think just having one season where it's not all injuries or something doesn't go wrong, and you just see, okay, if everything just stays at a normal level of things going wrong, can he finally put it all together and show... Uh, why he is so highly regarded. Now, I, 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 I certainly regard him highly as a head coach and you know, get the cherry on top of what's been a very uh, successful career so far. Yes. Now, let's move on and have a look at the LA Rams. Uh, this, I believe, is the team that we have the broadest range of expectations for. Uh, I think there's seven games between uh, our highest and lowest guests. So... Um, they have added uh, Steve Villa on the offensive line, uh, along with Warren McClendon, uh, tight ends Hunter Long and Davis Allen. Skill positions, they've added Zach Evans, Sony Michelle, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Puka Nakua, uh, Stetson Bennett on the defensive side, Byron Young, Kobe Turner, uh, Ogun Mathis, uh, Nick Hampton, uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, and Jason Taylor. They've lost Leonard Floyd, Bobby Wagner, Greg Games, Aishaw Robinson, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, David Long, Tyler Rapp, and Nick Scott from the decent side. Uh, Michael Floor, their offensive coordinator, has gone alongside Alan Robinson, Brandon Powell, Malcolm Brown, David Edwards, uh, Ty Nishecki, Matt Sakura and, uh, Sakura, and Baker Mayfield. So this is a team that I think everyone had quite high expectations going into last year and it just well, didn't they did really... win a super bowl before that year yes so. <laughs> but they kind of they 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 almost comically underperformed to that and kind of collapsed around everything that they thought was going to work out so the addition of alan robinson didn't really work out they had problems at quarterback with injuries hitting them and so on and now they've kind of we, we, I think we discussed on previous uh, previous previews about like teams that kind of go all in for the win. I think the, the 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 Buccaneers in the recent episode is a good example of this, where they kind of mortgage the future for a short term win, and uh, and then they have to restock the cupboard. And unfortunately, the Rams have never quite gotten round to restocking the cupboard, so they constantly trading for pieces to kind of add on to the team fuck them picks right that was their uh, fuck model. them picks was basically the mantra and now they've ended up in a spot where it's so unusual to see you've got one or two proper big blue chip talents that you're paying through the nose for all the rest of them are gone so you can't afford to keep them and it's a tough read when you go through their depth chart so matt stafford is there who obviously played well two years ago didn't play particularly well or for all that long last year had an injury and i believe still concerns around a back injury i mentioned in last week's episode news stories were coming out that uh, that basically the rams were going around calling other teams saying would they be interested in taking matt stafford so like they are clearing house and the way we're saying that like the cardinals kind of look like a tank job there's a degree to which this rams team looks like a tank job so matt stafford is there There'd be concerns around his health. There'd be concerns about whether the team want him at the moment. Cam Akers is their running back who 
is a great theoretical running back, but we've not actually seen it happen uh, so far. So I'd be looking at like you know, who be his backups and stuff to provide a bit of depth. They've still got Cooper Cup, who, after a very disappointing last year, is hoping for a bounce back year. He was excellent the year before, and Van Jefferson is eh, whatever. And Tyler Higby, the tight end, is is fine. There's nothing else on this roster really. There's a lot of names, and maybe someone can step up, but that that's it. Then their offensive line is just trash. Like. They've got two or three particular spots of weakness. They've got a rookie starting. They've got no one who you'd hang your hat on and say that's a fine blocker for any any purpose at all. So like, I don't, I, I just, I don't see a world in which this offense clicks. Barring Stafford is now fully healthy, Cam Akers comes out firing on all cups. Coop, Cup goes back to two years ago, and Van Jefferson remembers. Oh yeah, I'm meant to be a football player, and like tops off. This. This is a very, very, very like ill-resourced offense, and it's a and it's a it's a management and presumably also coaching staff who weren't particularly interested in having their quarterback there anyway. So I would be deeply concerned about that. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball, which for a number of years had been a big strength for them. And as we mentioned, they've lost a lot of pieces off there. Uh, so now, like the 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 front is Aaron Donald who had a down year last year, had some injuries last year, uh, but is still one of the best defensive players in the league, uh, but is also on a, on a contract that he can just opt out whenever he decides to stop playing football. So if this year starts to go badly, he might just decide to just pack it in the middle of it. You've got two rookies, Byron Young and Kobe Turner, either side of him. Then you've got a pretty bleak-looking second level and an essentially non-existent back end to your defense. So, like, I don't, I, 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 as much as we say the Cardinals are, 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 are a tank job, this team feels top to bottom like a team that is going to tank incredibly hard. But it's not a pure tank job because otherwise they'd have traded away Cup and Donald. They would have gotten them out of there as well. Um, I, I just don't think there's anything of worth on this, on this roster. I think we're going to see Donald... Maybe have a comeback year, hopefully, but he's got rookies either side of him, so he doesn't have support to get that done. And there's nothing else in the defense, so like, I'm not sure if he's gonna, you know, have to hold the ball long enough that he's gonna start, you know, uh, that the opposing quarterbacks are gonna hold the ball long enough to give him the shot at sacks and things like that that he wants. Like, I just, I, I think this is this is a team that should try to kind of bite the bullet a little bit on the on the reset. Like they traded away Jalen Ramsey. They got rid of, of, of Bobby Wagner. They got rid of Leonard Floyd. Like, they're kind of... They do seem to at least slightly understand that they need to do it, but they don't want to jump in with both feet. Like, this is a teardown project. This is not a let's try and keep the original walls as we rebuild this house. This is a tear it down and start again situation. Um, and even the pieces they have, like, say, quarterback and that, they are elderly they're not here for a five-year rebuild project or anything like that so i don't know i don't know what the rams are trying to do here because they're sure as shit not competing there's probably more value to be found by gutting the roster a little bit more because they're not getting anything in my eyes out of the roster they have as is apart from everyone on it wasting a year of the primes for the three or four good players in there and like maybe giving yourself a slightly less good draft position i don't understand this team in the slightest like can either of you guys make any sense of this i just 
I don't know why they're doing what they're doing because it doesn't make sense for any game plan whatsoever. Um, so I feel that given I'm the one who's most up on the Rams, I should probably give. Some oh yeah, you are. Yeah. On them, and I, I mean, I will. I'll preface what I say. I mean, we did do these predictions quite a long time ago, and the Stafford news only broke a few days ago uh, prior to recording, and obviously that speaks to a perhaps either a breakdown relationship or a future breakdown relationship between. Stafford and management and the coaches or whatever, which could be bad because uh, I think he's going to be a big part of what go, what's going on. I think when I look at this team, and I, and I agree, kind of, they have... I mean, this is a team that has always been kind of win now and forget about the future. They've been mortgaging their future for a very long time under the, 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 the premise of winning a ring, and they succeeded two years ago, and then they had last year a pretty big drop-off, and... You're right that they are in this kind of transition phase where it's like either you 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 got to either strip it all out and start again, or you got to have faith in the guys that you have left. And they've kind of gone halfway between the two of them. They've they've allowed big names like Jalen Ramsey to, to, and Bobby Wagner to leave, but they've kept on the the real big stars: your your Cooper Cups, your Aaron Donalds, and uh, Stafford. Are okay, but they're trying to get rid of them, but they have held on to them. At the moment, to me, the, the what I guess the reason I guess the reason I have when I when I was thinking about the Rams over the summer, I was like, they can't be as bad as they were last year. Like this team has just got too many. They've got their good players are just too good, and their head coach is just too good that they are going to figure out what went wrong last year and they're going to fix it. And a lot of my belief in the Rams is the faith that Sean McVay is one of the most talented coaches uh, in the league. He is able on his on his day to, to build a, you know really effective systems and, and build teams that do really good things. He's a guy who got Jared Goff to a, a freaking Super Bowl. Like like I I think that you know we need to remind ourselves of what he achieved with this. And you give him Cooper Cup, who's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Matt Stafford, a reliable veteran, throwing to him. They, I was very intrigued by the, the pickup of Stetson Bennett as the backup QB because, I, I mean, I think obviously he's he's a kind of a college guy who was maybe helped by the fact of the system he was in. But, you know, I think he could be reliable as a backup and certainly step in. I wouldn't have him as a starter straight at the gate. And if they do trade Stafford away, you'd hope that they would pick someone else up, which if they do trade him away this late in the day is, is probably not going to happen. They've had always had a system where running backs have been able to produce things, and Cam Akers is, is pretty good. I, I just guess I had faith that McVeigh plus, and they've got obviously in the on the backside they've they've got Aaron Donald who's you know a destroyer, and my faith was McVeigh plus, you know Donald Cup and Stafford. The rest of it, the rest of it you can make work. The rest of it you can you can air, air out, you can iron out any problems through coaching and, and good scheming and good play calling. But there's, 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 there's a core unit here that can make big plays in big moments, and I think that would be enough to carry the Rams back towards some sort of, some sort of Indian summer where the, the whole thing is obviously falling apart, but we have enough of these guys who are sticking together for one last run, one last dance, and to me that there was going to be just enough to do it. But I, I can't, beyond the, those kind of vibes, beyond that kind of irrational... These guys, they've got to be good, right? Because they've got all these good players. It is hard to see how the rest of the team's going to click together. But to be fair to the Rams, this has always been how the Rams worked, right? They had ridiculously talented players paired with a whole bunch of random jabronis and uh, and no names. And with McVeigh's coaching uh, and the various the various scheme work, right? Um, and I guess I had faith that they will do that one more time. And 
I can just as easily see it going the other way, to be honest, Connor. I, I don't know, three wins is probably a little bit low, but I can certainly see <laughs> them picking maybe maybe ending up with a bad season, ending up around 6-7 six, seven season, 6-7 six, win mark. But uh, the part of me just wants to see them run it back one last time and, and you know make a run for the playoffs and scare a few teams. Um, but because they do have the big game players who can make big plays in big situations. And often in the NFL, that, that's just enough, right? As long as you do everything else well to a certain level of competence and then add on the big players doing the big things, you can, you can, win, you can win nine, ten games uh, in the end if, if you have the right coaches and the right players in the right positions. Yeah, like no, not to go all Goldilocks where Connor's take is too cold and Sean's take is too hot and my take is just right. But yeah, like I think this is a bad team. Like it's it's about in the same tiers. The Cardinals roster, but they got those little sprinkles of stardust where if people stay healthy, which is obviously a question mark, but we usually assume people can stay healthy for the, the purposes of these exercises, unless we have very strong evidence against it. Then, you know, you kind of go, you almost think about like wins against replacement type stat from baseball. And you kind of go, okay, if Matt Stafford plays his entire season, and unlike, say, Kyler Murray, where, you know, he has trade value, that'll be fine if he skips a year. Matt Stafford, if he skips a year, given his age and injury issues, he's going to have much less trade value. So there's reason for the team to play him, and he probably wants to continue playing as well. He seems like a, he's a kind of warrior type uh, quarterback. Cooper Cup by himself. Can Cooper Cup be an entire offense? Well, up until he got injured last year, he basically did look like he could be an entire offense of himself. He looked like he was going to have another uh, season like the one he had two years ago, where he was, you know, an offensive player of the year, maybe even an MVP type uh, wide receiver. Do you need other things to be a good team? Sure. But can you, using Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, get to, you know, some wins? Probably, like maybe you have one or two extra wins than you would expect given the complete lack of talent on the rest of the offensive uh, side. And definitely there are issues there. So, like, it's it's quite likely that someone like Tyler Higby might be the wide receiver too. Well, he's a tight end, but the receiver too with, like, you know, 700 yards or something like that. But, you know, if Cooper Cup's got, like, 1,500, then you've got some offense there, right? And Cam Akers, very much an X factor, but I imagine in this game they can still get some running production. Like, remember, they got five wins last year despite the fact that they lost Stafford and they lost Cup and they lost Donald. They still won games in stupid ways, like they beat the Denver Broncos in Christmas. Uh, and I just kind of see them picking up those kind of random wins every once in a while and they ran the Seahawks close twice because they have their numbers so you know I, I could see them beating the Seahawks in an annoying fashion this year like the defense is definitely a big problem but they have Raheem Morris an experienced DC I'm sure they're going to churn that bucket over and over and over bringing in young guys and free agents and you know the the the, the, the version we see here at the moment as like their projected starters and who'd be there by week 17 will probably be completely different outside of Aaron Donald of course assuming that he's still playing at that point and it won't be good but I think it'll be like will it be the literally the worst defense in the league I, I don't think so I think it'll probably be like the 22nd to like 26 or something like that which is bad but is it like lose all the games bad probably not because I think I agree with Sean with Sean McVay and you know you bring in Michael LaFleur who's an experienced OC and you have those sparks of true blue chip talent there and a quarterback if he's healthy who's in that kind of like pro bowl type tier then I think they can just put together enough wins to prevent it being a true toilet year. Um, 
obviously if the injuries emerge again like they did last year then maybe the toilet comes flooding back uh but i just think yeah despite the huge holes in this roster like holes at wide receiver and offensive line and defensive line and linebacker and particularly the secondary like i just kind of they'll figure out enough they'll churn this whole thing over and by the end of the year they'll have something approximating what the future of this team will be uh whether that be with or without the uh the, the blue chip players they have right now and it'll be you know fine i suppose um so for me yeah like you know at least they have something to grab onto like the cardinals there's literally nothing there they're like, like literally free falling and there's nowhere whereas with sean mcveigh and those specs of talent and an experienced dc you know they have pillars of stability there that sh- should prevent it from being a true free fall yeah, so I've uh, <clears throat> I'm obviously skewing the most negative on these. Um, I have them winning three games, uh, three and fourteen. Uh, six wins for me, uh, twelve in the NFC. But yeah, like it'll be. Uh, no one's going to be watching them or, or choosing to watch them, but they'll kind of chip those wins away as over the course of the year. And I'm going for full-on r- irrational exuberance. Ten and seven, <laughs> six seed, right into the wild card, baby. One last time. Very exciting, very exciting. Uh, my Super Bowl prediction is some of those blue chip players will not be on the Rams by the end of the season. Uh, we'll move on to Ronan's team, the Seahawks, to uh, wrap up the NFC West and to wrap up our previews as a whole. So Go they've Hawks. added, um, they've added Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jacques Charbonnet, uh, Kenny McIntosh, Evan Brown, Anthony Bradford, Oluwamowati. On the defensive side, Draymond Jones, Jaron Reed, Derek Hall, Cam Young, Mike Morris, Mario Edwards, uh, Bobby Wagner is back from his little sabbatical, uh, Devin Bush, Akilo Weatherspoon, Julian Love and Jarek Reed. They lost Rashawn Penny, Travis Homer, Marquis Goodwin, Penny Hart, Gabe Jackson, Austin Bly, uh, Kyle Fuller from the offense. On the defensive side, they lost Al Woods, Puna Ford, Shelby Harris, Quinton Jefferson, LJ Collier, uh, Bruce Irvin, Cody Bryant, Tatter Muse, Ryan Neal, Justin Coleman, Tease Tabor, uh, Jonathan Abrams, and... And Josh Jones. Uh, Geno Smith is back. He's got his contract, although it's kind of really just a one-year contract. Uh, You've got what I might say might actually be the best wide receiver or wide receiver weapons room in the NFL. Uh, Once you go down through four or five, like it's it's pretty stacked there. Do you think that this is going to be able to light up the league again like it did in the, I suppose, more in the first half of last year than the second half of last year, Fitz? Yeah, like I think after a successful, uh, don't call it a comeback season, uh, where Geno Smith emerged as a viable starter in the NFL, uh, a franchise that was expected to be in the tank ended up making the playoffs. Um, I think now it's time for the uh, sometimes difficult second album of this uh, rebuild. And, you know, they've obviously put the effort in. They have started adding in additional talent. Uh, but the strengths of this team are probably more the same. So I think obviously depending where you think this team is going to be will probably strongly depend on whether you think the Geno Smith experience can continue like it did last year. He kind of fell off a little bit statistically towards the end of last year, so is he going to perk back up with some improvements in the talent around him um, in terms of the weapons he has, um, or is he basically going to fall into that type of mediocre level, like a sub-Kirk Cousins type uh, quarterback that I think people would kind of been happy with last offseason, but maybe not 
at this off season. But obviously all the tools are around him there to have another explosive season at quarterback. Obviously DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are one of the best tandems in the NFL at wide receiver. And you add in now the rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba, and now you suddenly maybe have a factor, particularly in that kind of more uh, short to intermediate uh, slot type position. Um, they've kind of missed having a Doug Baldwin type for many, many years now. And obviously Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf are just so amazing going deep that, you know, it's kind of hard not to just go, well, just go deep and have explosive plays and score lots of touchdowns that way. But adding that extra kind of, you know, dink and duck or West Coast type offense aspects, I think Geno Smith can do those things. He seems to be a guy who um, is one of the best preparers in the league, is a very good reader of the game, of the uh, play uh, pre-snap. And I think that's the kind of extra factor that they've been missing. They've just been very... A poor across the middle of the field in terms of their offense for a number of years now. So if they can add that element back in, then that will probably open things back up for the Lockett and DK Metcalf even more so than we saw already. And of course, we know Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. And so obviously last year they had um, Kenneth Walker, uh, who had a pretty successful season. He's very much a boom and bust type running back. You know, you know, lose a couple of yards, only get him a short game, but then have that big play. And they bring in more of a, a boomer type uh, Jack Charbonnet. I mean, more in the boomer kind of hit hard, not in a, you know, on a Zimmer frame type guy and so he's a guy that maybe you put in early downs make sure that you're on move you know you're on schedule which is something that's important to someone like Pete Carroll and that means that you can set up the play action game that means you can set up those deep throws which are basically going to continue to be the bread and butter of the of the offense but like the Seahawks for uh, basically five or six years have been one of the most boom and bust offenses in the league so if they can up get back to having those like a run game that can just get consistent yards can go do passes across the middle to Smith and Jigba and the tight ends like Fant and Disley and Parkinson then I think that will make a huge difference and then maybe McIntosh or DJ Dallas can fill in the uh, receiving back role or maybe Walker can fill into that and so I think all of that kind of makes sense so I think you know, Pete Carroll, all the things Pete Carroll loves about football, like running the ball and, and, you know, safe passes and not turning the ball over. If you can add those things in and have that happen consistently, then the things that have worked for the last few years, the explosive plays, uh, should continue to be there and continue to be really fun. And that should all be behind an offensive line, which uh, should continue to make a step up. Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, both rookies last year, both had their teething issues, but both guys you would expect as they get more experience to continue to get better. They have all the talent in the world. Uh, Damian Lewis is probably the most experienced here. He's a fourth-year starter in a contract year, so you'd expect he'll be highly motivated. Um, some questions at the centre and guard position uh, right now. Evan Brown and Phil Haynes are probably penciled in, but don't be surprised if rookies like Oluwatwami and uh, Anthony Bradford are competing there uh, but they're building that slowly uh, to being an acceptable unit after a few years of being absolutely trash so I think on the offense I think we know what to expect um, but it's just a question can Geno Smith make another jump up and can those like extra aspects of having more running back depth and a guy who in Jigba is genuinely a mid uh, like interior across the middle threat can that add that extra x factor and take this to the next level because it's a good offense but can it be a consistent great offense uh, that's what we're going to see this year. And then on the defense, obviously, uh, the defense was very poor for the initial uh, innings last year, but it slowly was developing. Major transition from the 4-3 type scheme to the 3-4 uh, scheme under Clint Hurt. And so in that situation, um, 
some teething issues slowly worked out and I think they've brought in more guys who suit the system. Draymond Jones is a very good uh, 3-4 end. He had a lot of success with Denver. Uh, they bring back Jaron Reed who I think is more of a fit for this scheme uh, than Puna Ford. And I, I, you know, that hurts me to say I miss Puna Ford uh, but he's very much like a 4-3 interior defensive lineman. He just didn't suit what they wanted as either a nose tackle or an, a defensive end within this scheme. So, you know, goodbye. I love you, Puna. Uh, but anyway, um, and then they have a really good rotation of other pass rushers. Uchenna Duosu was really good as a free agent last year, and now they draft Derek Hall. Uh, this was a really deep draft for, for defensive ends. I think in many years, some people have said Derek Hall would be in a first rounder. Um, and then you add him into Bofi Mbaye, who was picked uh, high last year. Daryl Taylor, who had a good number of sacks last year. So you have that rotation, which in the modern NFL is what you want, right? You want depth and rotation. They're still a little bit, I'd say, light in the interior in terms of depth, but they now have good starters in Jones and Reed and maybe someone like Cam Young or Mike Morris or, or who picks up. Obviously, Bobby Wagner comes back. We all love our Bobby Wags. He comes back, you know, his sabbatical, tried to chase that, that ring, didn't really work out. Not the best season to go to the Rams, to be perfectly frank. Uh, but hey, come back, Bobby. We love you. And he had, like, and, and, Thankfully, the Rams run a 3-4 scheme, so he's already got some nice experience within that scheme, so I imagine he'd come back in. And even though he's not the player he was at his peak, he's a little bit slower, he's still one of the most intelligent linebackers in the league, and over the years, he's become much more of a threat in the blitz game as well. He just likes getting to the quarterback these days. So, look, it's not peak Bobby Wagner, but it's still very good Bobby Wagner, and that's still probably one of the better linebackers in the league, like at least probably like top 10. And then Jordan Brooks hopefully comes back from injury, uh, and Devin Bush and, and other guys might be in there. Like linebackers, not really a priority anymore. They brought in some extra defensive backs, so I think you're going to see more uh, nickel and dime backs in there. Julian Love will be added into the safety rotation alongside Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. Like who fucking knows what Jamal Adams is? But they're not relying on Jamal Adams. But if we get like somewhere near to peak Jamal Adams, that's like a huge additional X factor that was not there last year and hasn't been there since we traded for Jamal Adams. Like. I know at this point it's a bust no matter what way he does it but you know if he could just have that one big year and shows why he was so highly touted when we traded all that draft picks for him then like at least we'll have got something out of that and this would be a good year to do because I think the team is you know now it's second year into what feels like a, a genuine like going well rebuilt and in the backfield obviously Tariq Woolen was a you know a, a ball hawk last year I think you saw some of his weaknesses uh, towards the end of last year in the playoffs, like he was exposed a little bit, but he was such a promising start, like up there with uh, Sauce Gardner in terms of like, the best defensive backs as rookies. And then you bring in a first rounder high up like Devin Witherspoon to develop alongside them. And you had guys like Kobe Bryant and Mike Jackson who look solid there. And Mike Jackson's getting rave reviews at training camp uh, so far as a guy who really wants to step up and keep his starting job. So look, I, like I think, you know, if you look at the roster overall, um, does it quite right now on paper look like, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl? No, but there's lots of young players, there's lots of upside, and given what happened last year, I don't see any reason to say why they would be much worse uh, than last year. And in a weak NFC, that kind of feels like a playoff team, probably as a wild card with the, with the, the 49ers in the division. And then once you get in, you never know what's going to happen. So lots of stuff to be really optimistic about, maybe one more year away uh, from being, maybe building the super team that they were when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but if Geno Smith doesn't have a major fall off, uh, there's no reason to feel uh, too sad about the whole thing. Yeah, no, I think it's it's exciting. Like I said, I think you already had a great one-two in your receiver room. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba being picked up there and added into the mix. 
I also like I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of Noah Fant I think him and Will Disney make for a good tight end pair so I think there's just there's a lot of weapons there um yeah, you're, you're running backs. I'd like to see see how Zach Charbonnet works out. And, like, I know you've got other guys like DJ Dallas and stuff there. But, yeah, just, like, you've, you've had a lot of running backs hit with the injury bug over the last couple of years. Uh, so, hopefully, they'll be able to hold up for you a little bit more. Um, the defense is fun. I think there's nice pieces there. Um, like, there's, there's some new parts moving around on there. I like what you're building in the back end. Like I said, like, there's now supporting pieces around Adams that hopefully he'll play well as well. But, like... It's 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 good. Like I said, like it's not it's not blow my socks off. It's not you know how we're going to talk about the 49ers in this division. But I do think it's solid. I think the problem is you've you've kind of got like Geno Smith surprised everyone with his year last year, and he was good. The problem is there is a ceiling to uh, to Geno Smith, and I think it is below the level of where you want to be getting back to. So I think he'll do well with you this year. I think I have you just about missing the playoffs, but I think I have like a good, good win total for you. And, uh, and I imagine the next step then is going to be maybe in the next draft, if there's a couple of quarterback sitting there that, you know, they go, we're, we're pretty happy with, we've got a good wide receiver room. We've got some nice young pieces on our defense. Maybe it's time to, to, to package a few pieces together and go get our next superstar you know um you don't you don't you don't often find your super bowl winning quarterbacks in the third round uh you got lucky with that and you and you sold them just in time as well so like you might actually have to pay for it this time around but no i i i like this overall as a team i like what they've done i like the weapons they've put around so that they can kind of get you've got different types of receivers you know so it's kind of depending as long as they can keep the game plan moving they'll have options that should play well against different types of defenses and stuff so i think they'll do pretty well this year i don't think it's a i don't think it's a, a contender to win the lot but i think it's it, it's up there and it's going to be enjoyable for you to watch yeah i don't have a tremendous amount to add i think i think ronan covered all, basically all the bases <laughs> every <laughs> every year the last preview ronan's rant about the seahawks 10 minutes of pure unadulterated seahawks analysis um, I mean, I, I mean, I think last year, you know, given how down everyone was about the Seahawks in preseason and to, them to have the, the season they did kind of proves that we cannot question Pete Carroll anymore. And, we, you know, even Geno Smith has, has earned the right to, of our respect. And so certainly I think we've got to be up on this team. And as Connor said, the, I, you know, there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. And it'd be very interesting to see how Smith and Jigba is, is slotted into that system and how they make it work. Um, has Gino been figured out a little bit? Is, is there a way that he can, you know, rediscover that that early season uh, shine? Can Kenneth Walker kind of, you know, be, take that next step forward and become the, you know, a superstar or something like that? It does. Is Bobby Wagner still, does, does he still have it on the on the backside? I mean, there 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 are some questions, but there's no reason to think this team won't be competitive. There's certainly a good good level of talent on on both sides of the ball, and it's, and especially a lot of talent uh, in their skill positions on the offensive side. I don't think Gino isn't the X factor that he was at the start of last season, which works both ways. Both you know what you can get with him, and you know what you can you 
can can trust him to do, but also teams will have a better sense of how to how to how to deal with him. So there'll be new challenges um, to come up. But yeah, it's, I, I, it's an interesting team. I I don't think it's it's not a team that particularly sorry Ronan excites me all that much either to watch or to think about. I think they'll be good. I think they'll they'll you know they'll be competitive, and I think if they if they do make the playoffs, it'll again be kind of seventh seed. I can't see them being much better than than that. Right, so I've got them winning 10 games, uh, but unfortunately missing out on the playoffs at that. Uh, revenge for last year, where he sneaked, snuck in. Right? <laughs> Your, it's Lions revenge. It's like, anyway, I, I also have them winning 10 games, but that does get them to six seeds. So, and they win a wildcard game and go out in the divisional round. So, yeah, progress. We, we'll see what the cap is in this team, but mm. it's good to be back to fun and not having to deal with the Russell Wilson stuff. Yeah, I have them nine and eight, which is not good enough for a wildcard spot. But yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be there thereabouts. Yeah, they'll be in the they'll be in the fight. And look, if 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 we can get Gino to kind of keep up the pace this year, the whole way through the season, you have a you have a puncher shout at it anyway. Uh, so that'll wrap up our NFC West preview and our previews as a whole. We're now going to enter our off season, so uh, it'll be probably about a month without any any uh, content from us uh, as we get ourselves ready so what's uh what's your off-season plans guys uh i'm going to get into the best shape of my life and make sure the game is really slowing down for me this year (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm going to explore waterford and find out all the great things about this about this mysterious city on our southeastern coast um and why uh, uh, see what the vikings were all about when they when they formed when they founded it back in the day and i'm going to i don't know read uh 20 pre-2022 seahawks takes uh for some kind of maladjusted <laughs> sense of victimhood uh, yeah you need to you need to go around on the internet starting to call people out on this yeah. this sense of general just like they're good respect uh, type stuff you know it's just not do getting the juice you know mm, fair enough you should go and check actually there's um there's a flag football team down in waterford so you can uh yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not suggesting you join them. They might, they might end up getting some games down there if you wanted something to go and have a look at one of the days. Uh, I think they're Setu, which is the rebranded IT's uh, Southeastern Technical University. I think they yeah. have a, they have a team. All right, very good. I might look into that. Yeah, uh, I think we played them last year at some point. Uh, good fun, nice chaps. So we'll, we'll all be back before week one where we'll have our week one preview season nine of the podcast it's getting old you know but uh wow, yeah good god yeah well, what to make at least that 10 season you know 10 but, 10, uh, 10 seasons in a film is that a yeah something like that. <laughs> <laughs> a decade in the ten, making ten seasons uh, like in your... a four-hour draft special really. yeah oh, oh there yes. we go yeah well yeah we'll do we'll do one video podcast and it'll just be like a four hour getting drunk at the draft yeah that's it's either like that it. or do like you know, we've had such brilliant Super Bowl review podcasts in the past. Maybe we need to oh, do God. a live Super Bowl podcast. That's oh, the excellent. that's the way the podcast should end. Fantastic. <laughs> and then we can all go look for work the day after because we'll all be fired. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Uh, very good. Uh, yeah, so we'll have uh, best of luck to everyone in their fantasy drafts and so on. I think Fitz gave you a suggestion either this week or last week for for a deep diver. I think I gave you one back in the AFC West previews. Um, yeah, good fun. Uh, I wish you all the best, unless you're in a league against me, and then I wish nothing but death and destruction upon you and your families. 
And uh, yeah, that wraps us up. So I suppose uh, until the start of season nine, uh, it's bye from myself. It's bye from Fitz. Bye. It's bye from Sean. Bye. This has been all four quarters. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you uh, in September. Bye.